It's Jake and Jana. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being with us this week. And today we're talking about one that I am really excited about, and it's the scope of what dance after high school can look like. And initially, even I was kind of thinking that maybe this episode would mostly be for, for parents like older ones. of older dancers, but I don't actually think that's the case. And I think this actually would have been really helpful even for my parents when I was growing up. And when I hit that point around 14, 15, 16, when I started saying, I don't really know what I want to do. I just know I'm not ready to be done dancing. And I feel like we hear students say that all the time, year after year after year. And I think had my parents already kind of had an idea of what the scope of dance can look like after high school, that would have been a very different conversation than when it was just all kind of hitting us all at, at one once. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I will say... I feel like it happens more often than not. It um, seems like it. Yes. That these dancers that have spent this many years training and working and loving it, at some point, often do hit a point where they say, you know, I think I want to explore what this could look like after high school. And then on the flip side, there's very talented dancers that have known since they were six years old that they want to be a doctor. And by golly, they make it happen. And um, that's wonderful too. But in the chance that at some point your dancer looks at you and says they want to explore this after high school, this is for you. So, you know, the first question that we get a lot is, can they do this in college? Of course, there are great college programs out there. And that is an option for some. There's so many wonderful college dance programs out there. But I think it's also important to talk about, we've seen this go lots of different ways for some of our students. In fact, we have two right now that are dancing with professional ballet companies while doing college school online. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting paid to dance and do what they love while going to school for far less than it would have been had they gone the traditional college route. Um, still getting a degree while they're already making a living dancing and still getting to pursue their dream. And that may go on in some of these cases to be 10 years of dancing with ballet companies. It it may be a short four-year thing, but regardless, it's been a great avenue for them. Um, And then on the other side of things, there's a whole world of jobs that you could be doing within, and we're gonna, I have a long, long list we'll get to, <laughs> but lots of these careers, you could be doing school online, you could delay it for a year or two. Um, there's also opportunities to dance in college while still getting a degree in something in that's some, not dance. Right. We've so, had a lot of students do that actually, yes. that are going to school for PT or whatever else, and they and they're in some sort of dance group, or they or they start a, a tap company, or or get a dance minor. Right, tons of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's always an option as well. Um, another thing that I think most parents are concerned about, and understandably, is can you actually make a living doing this? You hear this a lot, right? And the answer is absolutely yes. So we'll also get to this long list of of different careers that we've seen our students or friends or just the options that are out there as a dancer. But I would say I have seen more often than not that when students go into something that they're passionate about, 
they find a way to make a living do it doing it and there are definitely opportunities for that within this whole world for sure i think one of the things we talked about even leading up to this episode was the fact that i mean when you think about how many hours and then years that some of these kids spend um in in dance studios and in dance classes i mean they are perfecting and working on a craft you know which is kind of unusual I feel like with a lot of things that people choose to go into right to start it this early right mm-hmm. so I mean they've spent some of these kids have spent 10 15 16 years working on a craft that by the time they get to be 18 20 years old not a lot of people can do mm-hmm. at least to that level right and so their knowledge base is so wide and then there there are all these opportunities. So <laughs> you get your list out. <laughs> I enjoyed this uh, while we were eating dinner. We made this long list of things, and it just kept going and going because there really are so many opportunities to earn an income mm-hmm. dancing, whether that is as their main job or a side job or all different things. So there's the obvious ones, right? Like there's ballet companies and there's Broadway and there's regional theater and there's commercials and concerts and music videos. And most of us think of those things initially. Um, But then there's cruise ships. Jake and I did that. If you think about every cruise ship that's out there and that they have entertainers on board, that's, that's a lot of entertainers that are being employed. We worked on a cruise ship for an entire year and the only expenses we had were anything that we did off of the ship. Yeah, so we, we saved everything. We banked everything. Mm-hmm. Paid um, off. Paid off my student loans. Jake's student loans and walked away with enough money saved for a wedding, a honeymoon, and to buy a business. Yeah. In a year. So there there are definitely great ways. And there were friends of ours that had done that for like 10, 15 years. Yeah, they and... had so much money saved. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and got to see the whole world while... While doing it. Yes. Um there's so many contemporary companies and one thing that I think is important to talk about here is there are a lot of contemporary companies in the US but there are a lot in Europe and in Europe they tend to take care of their dancers a little better than we do over here yeah they're, they're funded a lot a lot differently over there and so you know we've had we've had some colleagues and whatnot that have told us, just the way that they're treated and, and taken care of over there. And it's it's a great gig. And benefits right. and all the things. So And you're living in Europe, which is yes, pretty cool. European and Canadian contemporary companies, there's so much work there. Um, Disney. How many dancers <laughs> does Disney employ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's they, every park. So we've had friends even that worked over in Japan for and Disney. Paris yes. And Paris. Right. And they get full major medical. At least they usually have and do. Mm-hmm. And I think there's retirement there. And some of these some of these big companies, too, are also paying for, like a lot of other organizations are, paying yes. for their employees to go back to school. So we've had friends who whether they are trying to get their first degree while they're working at like a Disney or something, or maybe they're trying to get their master's in something. Mm-hmm. I mean, these companies are, are paying for this as well. So mm-hmm. it's great opportunities. And then aside from Disney, then there's just all the theme parks that are <laughs> out there. everywhere, And they're all employing dancers to be in their shows. Um, there's magic shows all over. I did that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. In fact, dance opened the door 
for me to then become a choreographer and even like staging stuff for magic shows mm-hmm. to where I know so much about magic shows Don't now. watch magic shows with her. <laughs> They're <laughs> but no fun. dance just kind of opened that door, right. which was interesting. Um, Branson is employing tons of dancers, and I'm sure there's cities like Branson. Oh, Pigeon Forge. All over, um, yeah. right. Um, Radio City. I mean... Everybody thinks about the Rockettes. Um, Which also, that is a ton of female dancers that are making a great living as dancers. But you have all the dancers that are in the show along with those Rockettes, male and female, Mm -hmm. that are making a living. And then obviously, like you all see so often, this convention circuit is just getting gigantic. Mm -hmm. And so you have the teachers and the assistants and even on the business side of things. The admin staff, right? So many dancers that are working there and making a great living doing it. There's like 10 million judges at the regular dance competitions, like the talent on sure we've done it. of the world. Yes, right? we've done it. It's great money. It's a weekend gig, but it, it would be enough oh. to, to primarily support someone. I used to do that a couple times a month and that would get me by in New York you know, for my rent and expenditures pretty quick. And if you can be easy to work with and a good hardworking judge with good dance knowledge, they will hire you back again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So for any human that can handle sitting there in the convention center and watching dance from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., they will hire you back over and over. And it's a great way to make a living. Especially ones that are so well-versed in multiple styles as well. I mean, that's... That's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yes, someone that can judge tap and contemporary. And ballroom and ballet, and ballet. right, mm-hmm. all things. Yes. Um, and then dance teachers, obviously, everyone's looking for wonderful dance teachers. So, and, and ones that are well-versed in lots of different things. Oh, for sure. So there's a huge niche there. Choreographers of all types. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on just this. Yes, and often are making great livings. Then there's assistant choreographers. Like we had a former student that made a great living and supported herself in New York and And then LA LA, um, as just an assistant for one of these choreographers. She went out on convention with her, was always her assistant, went out to all the gigs she had, assisted Mm her, made a full living doing that. Oh, for sure. Because there's so much work within that that, that people don't see from a choreographer's standpoint or side of things. So to have somebody beside you who is reliable and who can get that stuff out Mm -hmm. when they're busy creating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend in college that actually made a great living for a full year dancing on Sesame street live. Our twins would love it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's just so many opportunities out there. Vegas. There's tons of shows in Vegas, not just the like inappropriate ones you're thinking about, but like, just tons of tons of dancers working in Vegas and all yes. different types of shows. So that's kind of the performance side of things. But then obviously I couldn't just stop there. <laughs> and we've had students that have gone on to do all sorts of things within technical theater. Stage whether that's, managers, mm-hmm. lighting, uh, what else? How, all the things yeah, that mean, happen to make a show, make a show happen. happen. Yes. Um, show choir. So, okay. Then there have been students that come back and maybe they want to do something else or they've decided mm-hmm. to teach school. Well, the next thing you know, the school's like, Hey, we need someone to choreograph for the show choir. And it pays this thousands of dollars every year just mm-hmm. to do the choreography. 
So that's wonderful. And the next thing oh, you know... Oh, by the way, since you're home, we have this musical. Can you help with that? Yep. And then we're going to pay you $6,000 just to do that musical, just to choreograph it. And then before you know it, they're making as much doing these side gigs that involve the performing arts as they are with their main job as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, even within the pageant world, there's mm-hmm. a guy we know that's made a living just going around and setting a few shows a year and makes so much money doing it. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of, kind of like the magic show thing. Dance became his niche into this whole pageant thing. And now he sets the shows and choreographs them and makes a great living doing it. And he learned enough about all the sides of it from directorially to lighting and how it should flow that like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to find somebody who can, can do all of that stuff. Well, so many students that we've known that have gone on to all sorts of different things, whether that is physical therapy or even law, all sorts of different things. But then next thing you know, end up coaching a palm program (laughs) and doing that just in the mornings or the evenings. And so dance is still very much a large part of their life and they're making a side income doing that. Um, we've had students that have gone into physical therapy that know how to work with dancers so well because they were a dancer. Some One of them was a dance minor, even yeah. in college. And now she's doing physical therapy. But just having that dance background has been huge for her. And I think it's opened up doors for her because, again, that is a niche and, and something that, I mean, when we have a student that is injured, I like them to try to go see somebody who understands what they're asking of their of their body and their facility, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a... It's a hot commodity a lot of times of like, cause there's not a whole lot of those out there. Right. And that was just a quick list. Just a quick one. While, <laughs> while eating one. dinner tonight. Um, but there are, there are just, and the whole world has changed so much even in the last five years, right? With social media and just the things that people can make a living doing look so different than they did. And I think that will just continue for dancers. Sure. And like, I mean, let's face it, COVID has changed so much but it used to be you had to live in so many specific places, New York, L.A., Chicago, whatever, to get seen, especially if you're going the performance route. And now, you know, because of, of what the pandemic, you know, all took us all through, you're making videos. You're making videos and sending them in and submitting them to then hopefully get seen to get an audition. So it's not it's not as um, what, what am I trying to say? It's not as. Limited, limited geographically as it used to yeah. be. You can be anywhere and doing this. Yeah. And you can still be getting a college education while doing this Maybe. in a lot of ways online. Yeah. So, yes, it looks so much different than it did even however many years ago when we were doing it. <laughs> um, it's quite different. And I think it's important to add that it's not always the dancer that is the most successful or winning the most things at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, any age. Um, I think a great example is even a girl that I went to college with that was in my college dance program who was a pretty average dancer um, who really just something clicked right before she graduated. And my gosh. Has blossomed. Yes. So this is the girl that has gone on to be in way more Broadway shows than we could even count and watched her on my TV on Disney plus and the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. 
And uh, we've seen her on TV a million times. She's on the Tony Awards all the time. And I would say for her, it definitely clicked a little later. And she went on to have this incredible career. Same thing with one of my best friends in college who uh, came in with probably a little less experience than a lot. And has now been in, gosh, so many Broadway musicals with Bette Midler and Kristen Chenoweth and like Save Young Glover. And it's just, it's so cool to see. But again... Was he the kid that was winning things at, at 12 years old? No, but he was passionate about it, and he blossomed, and look at him now. Yes, and so sometimes it is. Sometimes it is that dancer that yeah. has just been that successful from the time they were little, but a lot of times it's something that clicks a little later and can very much turn into a very successful career within this. Or maybe it was even something that they liked doing but didn't see themselves as pursuing past a certain point or being serious about it yeah yes um so speaking of i think it might be helpful too for us to even talk about our experiences oh sure sure i mean uh my first paying form paying performance gig would have been in college um as like a summer job um and then post college when that was at a as a theme park was at bush gardens um and then in college uh I guess I should have shared that I was in a dance program. That would have been helpful. Like we met in a dance program. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I also worked at a regional theater doing some musicals for summer stock in college. And then after college, I moved to New York and I wanted to do the whole audition scene and pound the pavement and get into shows and throw my hat in the ring that way. Um, But in between that, I was judging. I was doing other small gigs that would allow me that audition experience as well well and how Um, many regional theaters did you work at and how many different shows were you doing Uh dozens yeah i don't i don't know so many so if you won't talk about it i will but so jake was auditioning regularly but then would leave new york to go to st louis and go do a show there for a couple months Mm -hmm. and then next thing we knew he was in alabama doing a different show there for a couple months And then sometimes he would be able to stay in New York and work at theaters there and doing things. So he was consistently working in these different musicals, um, working with different regional theaters for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when you got out of school, we jumped on a cruise ship. And And we we kind of already touched on that a little bit. Yeah, we mm -hmm. did that for an entire year. And never had the intention of... I don't know. I think I kind of always wanted to own a studio somewhere deep down in there, but that was never the plan as quickly as it was. Sure. It just all kind of fell into place because people are always looking for people within this. And I think because because you took one step towards what you think you would like to do, sometimes those other avenues and paths open up. And I think that's just, that's important to kind of listen to that. And I feel like that's where wisdom comes from is just trying to take the next right step towards this is what I think I should do or what I'm being called to do. Absolutely. And it's no different in this industry than it probably is in most, right? It's just taking those next little steps, but it is very much an industry and there, there is a way to make a living doing it. But I think it's important. You should touch on your experience too, because, um, you can proudly say you've technically never been unemployed within this industry, which is like at all, um, rare. And well, and I, we did start teaching when I was pretty young, but so even every summer that I was in college, 
I was either teaching or that's when I got into the whole magic show thing <laughs> um, and then started choreographing for those magic shows but made a decent living doing that too. And then before I had graduated college, we were lined up to work on the cruise ship. Um, that didn't start till July. I was planning on coming home from mm-hmm. just the time I graduated college until we left. But then a theater in Branson was looking for a dancer to come film and that in was a magic quick, show. Too. Yep, I left the next day and made great money um, doing that for a little bit until the day that we left for the cruise yeah, ship. Day four. Um, and then started doing that. By the time we were getting off the cruise ship, we had a teaching job lined up. Yep, theater arts was looking for someone to come in and teach, and been there ever since. With lots of random little things in the mix too, right? So, Jake's choreographed for some school musicals and show choir stuff, and there's been palm stuff, and just all these these little opportunities that happen within the dance world. Uh, teaching on a convention for a little bit for you, yeah. uh, we judged. So it is. It's just this giant world of opportunity <laughs> yeah it's a great way of looking at it actually. for dancers that want to take it um another one that i like and we had talked about touching on this a little bit is for those of you that don't know maddie hicks but a lot of you do she has come in and done choreography for us for years now mm-hmm. and it's been such a cool thing to see it has because we met maddie when she was 15 years old and um we were already teaching and older so this also makes Be careful. me feel You're dating us. a little old. Um, but we watched Maddie and we met her in Dallas at an NYCDA actually. And then Maddie got into Juilliard and all these wonderful things. But here's where it gets cool. She sent us a random email one summer when she was going to be home mm-hmm. asking if we'd be interested in having her come in and choreograph something. She's trying to get her feet into that industry and her feet wet and would we ever be interested? And so, yeah, of course, like you'll be right here in Dallas this summer. Yeah, come in. Let's let's give it a try. And to watch her career blossom into what it has over the course of really just like... A few years. Yeah, several years. But... um she has gone from that girl that was reaching out while she was in college to see if any studios would have her come in and choreograph to she's just turning down work left and right at this point because she's had so many opportunities and big work right like we're talking companies all over the place overseas she's now teaching with a major convention has taught with multiple conventions now at this point teaching at the college level at the college level and i think what's coolest about looking at what she's done or one of the coolest things I think for me is that a lot of this a lot of this opportunity she's kind of made for herself which Mm -hmm. is really super like inspirational but she started moving forward which was this in-house contemporary um, workshop experience and took those to several places around the country and she's built this following and she's built this brand that now is very much growing and becoming its own thing to where People are are banging down her door right and left where she doesn't have enough time in, in the day to do everything. And I think that's what speaks to like a lot of this too is in 2023, like there's so much that you can do that these kids can do for themselves too. And she's proof of it. Mm-hmm. So she's just a cool story. Um, so proud of her. So, so proud. Like so cool. Um, I wanted to... I, 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 had, I saw this cool story this past week. It, can we can we finish it up with of this? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a former choreographer that I worked with a couple times, um, who unfortunately recently just passed away, um, 
I saw someone who was a mutual friend who did want to, you know, wrote something on, on Facebook or something as a tribute and thank you to her. And I, I just thought I'd share it on here because I thought it was really, really cool and really poignant. But um, this this woman said, you know, when she was getting into this, um, uh, this career, if you will, um, this choreographer's name was Peggy Hickey. Look her up. She was wonderful. Uh, choreographed multiple Broadway shows, just fantastic person. But Peggy kind of took her under her wing and said, um, you know, that she could do this. Lots of people have done that. But um, this, uh, this woman said, you know, she was, she told Peggy that she was worried about being able to do all the other things that she had wanted to do. She wanted to be a mom. She wanted to have, you know, have that quote unquote, other side of normal life where, you know, she had a house and a husband, all the things, but she was worried that if she, if she pursued dance or pursued this, that she wouldn't be able to have that. And one of the coolest things, and hopefully I don't even get choked up even talking about this, but one of the coolest things was that she remembered Peggy Hickey saying, no, 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 like you can, you can, it may look a little different than what you've seen, but like you can have all of that stuff. And, and Peggy was married for over 30 years and has two beautiful daughters. And, um, you know, I think it's important and really cool that someone who was further along that path shone a light to this young dancer and was like, no, 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 like I'm doing it. Look, it may not look like everybody else sometimes, but I have a career, I have a, a life and a, and a thing that I'm passionate about and a family. And so I just think it's, it's important to remember, you know, that, that where there's a will, there's a way. And, and do most dancers go on to make six figures and maybe not some definitely do, but there are opportunities to have a house and a family and to still do this thing that so many of us love and feel called to do and to make a living doing it. Yep. And I think the thing for, for us as adults to always remember that, that we try to remember when we're teaching is like, we all come here for a very short amount of time with different gifts and talents and and all the things. And, and I feel like if we can help kids pursue what, what they were put on this earth to do, you know, not everybody was made to be a dancer not everybody was made to be a doctor, but if, if a young person shows an interest and a, a passion for, for something that just lights them up, you know, it, I feel like it's our job as adults to, okay, how do we help them figure out what that looks like for them? And not every dancer, this probably would have been a great thing to say at the beginning, for sure. Not every dancer will go on to do this for mm-hmm. a career. Um, I have definitely seen firsthand though, that the skills that they are learning from this will make them so much better at whatever they decide to do, whether it's the discipline or the artistry or being able to put yourself in a different character's shoes. Um, so many things that are just so helpful, but for those that do look at you one day and it, (laughs) it happens quite often and they just go, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I just know I'm not ready to be done dancing. I think just having, and this could, this could be a two hour podcast, Mm. I think, but to wrap it up, I think just having this little bit of a background of the options. Yes. Yeah. We'll make, if that conversation happens with your dancer <laughs> one day, maybe be a little less scary. It's always fun to be like, have you talked to your parents about this yet? <laughs> <laughs> Are we the first ones? But, so thanks for joining us today. Um, we went a little longer than we normally do, but mm-hmm. 
but again, this could be this could be an hour long. So if you ever have any questions, you know, reach out to us. Thank you again, everybody who has sent in emails with different things to talk about. Like they just keep coming in. So as they come up, shoot mm-hmm. us an email, let us know. Cause yeah, the list is ever growing. Yes. We appreciate you all so much. We hope this is helpful. Thanks for sharing your dancers with us. And until next week. We'll see you then. Bye.